Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Sand Talk, the Beach Soccer Podcast, supported by La Liga. With thanks to Beach Soccer Worldwide's partners, Puma, Iconic, United Nations Alliance for Civilizations, and Genius. Thank you all for believing in the sport. Welcome along to Sand Talk, the Beach Soccer Podcast. And on today's show, it's a combination of shocks, shockers, and sockless wonders as we review the World Cup as the home team dominate and we definitely don't stay neutral about Switzerland's performance at the FIFA World Cup. We'll review the EBSL as we reach the super final there and look ahead to beach soccer in the middle of a Russian winter. And we have a prize to give away on Santorp. An official Puma beach soccer worldwide match ball could be yours. Keep listening and we'll explain how soon. But first up as ever, I'll introduce myself. My name is Mark Pendiga, sometime commentator for Beach Soccer and press officer. And as ever, my trusted colleague, sunning himself in Barcelona as we speak, Matt Mills. How are you? Hello, Mark. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm not sunning myself. It's been a bit disappointing weather recently, but uh, yeah, good to be back on the pod. Is, would you like a little update on the beach building site beach that I have outside the window here? <laughs> it, wouldn't be, it wouldn't be an episode of Sam Talk without your building site update. So yeah, go on. What's happening there? Have, well, they, have they done any work yet? It's the shock a bit of the podcast here. The sand is gone. No. It's gone. So I have no beach the pod. directly outside my window. But don't worry, Matt, because I can look out of the other window on the other side of the studio and they are starting new building work there. So I have a new building site beach, this time to my left rather than my right. So I can, if I squint really hard... Imagine myself on the sand there in Portugal or Moscow. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking actually beach soccer worldwide. Uh, we can sign contracts quite quickly if you want to put a tournament on here. I can speak to the workers here. They can hang on to the sand for a bit longer. I can just see it. It's right by Heathrow Airport where I'm situated. So it's a great location for an international oh, beach yeah, soccer brilliant. tournament. Yeah, fantastic. They can just put the developments on hold and we can yeah make a few phone calls. Everyone gets straight off the plane onto the sand, yeah. Plenty of scaffolding to build a temporary stand. It's it's all here, Matt. It's all here. I'm, I'm formulating the idea in my head as we speak. Right, 
let's look back at a tournament that was maybe slightly bigger than the one I've got in my mind here for the future. Uh, the FIFA Beach Soccer World Cup, of course, you were there, Matt. What kind of experience was it like for you? Probably, I would say, the experience of a lifetime. It was my first FIFA Beach Soccer World Cup, so that was that was huge for me personally. But it was just, I mean, Gianni Infantino, FIFA president himself, said, I don't know if you saw this interview, Mark, he said that it was the best Beach Soccer World Cup ever. I mean, Russia does organise a fantastic tournament. We've had the Monday Lito Clubs, the first time a winter tournament has been staged indoors. Many EBSL events I've been to there as well. Always really well organised, always really well attended and always a really good vibe in Russia for the sport. And now so more than ever, obviously, they had that huge victory. They were just unstoppable. You know, the home fans made all the difference. It was a bit of a shaky start for them. I know a few of them voiced their concerns after games one and two especially but they pulled through in the end and I have to say I don't know if I can admit this but I never really doubted them I re- I always thought they were going to do it well I'm not saying anything apart from if people want to go back to the last podcast and check out my prediction there then you know I think it was all said then I can't even remember what I predicted but <laughs> I'm going to go back and have a look well, I predicted Russia. Save you going back and uh, checking that one out. But yeah, I, I'm not surprised they won it. It's the momentum of a home tournament. It seems to have such an effect and it's done it before with Russia and it did it again this time. And the thing I think the team really appreciate in Russia, and I've noticed this when I've been following various players on Instagram, they seem to really get behind it uh, in terms of media. You were saying across the city there was a, you know, a huge amount of publicity to it. So the players feel really special they feel like they've got to produce for their country and they feel like people are really sitting up and taking notice and that gives you that extra boost, doesn't it? Absolutely. I mean, I've met people, I think I've mentioned on the podcast before, I've met people in you know, in Barcelona and in England, Russians, who who can name the, the beach soccer players. So they are popular there. You know, it's, it's kind of in many countries, you know, they're just kind of your normal guy walking down the street, but very proud to represent their country. And some of the stories, I did an interview with Nikonarov a few years back was he working on a building site or something like that? Yeah, he was working in a factory and he just kind of wanted to get out of that situation and he watched these heroes win the FIFA Beach Soccer World Cup and he just said to himself, that's what I want to do. That's exactly what he's gone and done. And you know where it's taken him, Matt? I was looking at his Instagram the other day. He was actually having a pedicure with a stand-up, big famous stand-up comic from Russia called Yunis Ovraman. He was lying down with a stand-up comedian. By the way, this is a great idea for the feature for Beach Soccer Worldwide. Write this one down, Matt, because we've got the, the tournament on the building site outside. That's idea number one. Idea number two, interview players while they're getting pedicures. Because, boy, the players need pedicures after being on the sand all day. It, it's just it's perfect. <laughs> yeah, I was actually thinking that when I was watching this video. I was like... And one thing we shouldn't remain neutral about when we talk about the World Cup is, of course, Switzerland's performance. Again, if people do want to go back to the last podcast and look at a prediction or two I may have made or may not have made, I thought Switzerland would do really well. And lo and behold, they did really well. They were, were, again, just a little bit off making the final, which they did in 2009. And what a performance. What was the mood amongst the team there? Because obviously you were in amongst it. Yeah, I was very much in amongst it. I was doing uh, kind of media operations there. So as soon as the game finished, you know, I was on the pitch telling players where they needed to be for various interviews. But it was very easy to deal with them because they just kept winning game after game. I mean, their first game, they beat Brazil, which was just amazing. I know that was one where I think people were sort of rubbing their eyes 
and checking the score again because nobody expected it. And, you know, when they had the likes of uh, Jaggi, he came out of retirement to play in the tournament. But the newer players, especially the goalkeeper, Elia Manoud, really stepped up, didn't he? He went on to win the Golden Glove, which was huge congratulations to him. Africa represented really well in his tournament. Senegal, a lot of people expected to do well. But Mozambique, absolutely outstanding. I mean, yeah, Senegal, everyone knows they're a top team. You know, they always win everything that happens in Africa. But they just performed so well. They, and it's, it, they don't really play by the rules. They're just so fast and physical. And they often score just the same goals that are almost impossible to defend against. You know, El Saini, the goalkeeper, throwing the ball long and just the tallest player getting his head on the end of it. I don't know how many times I, scored, I saw that goal scored. I think in terms of African representation at the World Cup, Mozambique just blew everyone away. It was absolutely amazing to see how they played. Having never performed on a stage like this before, you know, all of the players were basically unknown except a couple of names that rose to prominence in the, during the qualifiers. They really injected a whole new life to this kind of event. They were singing and dancing in the tunnel before every game. It was spellbinding. It gave you goosebumps to be... I have a video, actually. I'll see if I can, see if I can post it because it's, it's quite something to see. But I was really rooting for them, I have to say, to get out of the group stage. I think they probably missed out to the better team, which was Tahiti in the end. But they just really brought something very, very special to an already amazing event. And I think when teams do something that a little bit different, like a bit of noise in the tunnel before the game, it does slightly put off the opponents, doesn't it? Yeah, it's like the it's a bit like the hacker, I suppose. Yeah. What what why is this going on? This is, you're supposed to just stare ahead and concentrate. I like Gary yeah, Neville you're and Roy to be in your own head. Yeah, yeah, in your own head. Where else are you gonna be, by the way, anybody? But yes, you're oh, supposed yeah. to be, <laughs> But you're supposed to be in your own head. You're supposed you're expected to act in a certain way. And that, that's the beauty of teams when they come in and mix it up a little bit. The off-field things they do, the little bit of psychology they've got, that can make all the difference. Uh, so well done to Mozambique. I think one of the standout performances alongside Switzerland of teams we maybe didn't expect to do so well, but really excelled. And I suppose at the opposite end of the continuum, Brazil. Quite surprising their level of performance in this tournament. Yeah, really, really strange. I mean, all... All the pieces of the puzzle were there. You know, Gilberto, he's won the best coach for the last however many years. All many people's best players in the world are, are part of the Brazil team. You know, your Mauricinho, your Rodrigo, your Lucao, your Datinha, your, you know, the stars from the Russian league who've won the European Championships for the last two years, we might add. Um, but something just didn't seem to click. It was really, really strange to witness. I think it was something you picked up on in the qualifiers. You talked about the amount of goals they scored compared to previously in qualifiers, and it just wasn't at the same level. They weren't absolutely steamrolling every single team they met. And I think once you get to a World Cup, that momentum runs out or the confidence isn't there that it, in the way it should be. And I think the fact that Brazil, they've gone out of World Cups before, obviously, they've been beaten by the likes of Russia. But to go out to Senegal in the quarterfinals was really a shock. Yeah, it was. And it's a little bit what I was saying before about, you know, when you think about beach soccer, Brazil are the most beach soccer team. You know, what they play is totally beach soccer. And then Senegal just kind of break the rules a bit. You know, the ball's on the sand a lot of the time. So it's a lot of, 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 of beating your man to the ball and then out-muscling him. And it looked like Brazil's style of beach soccer was just totally out of sync with 
what the Senegalese came at them with. And, and uh, yeah, I think they, they were just shocked. And also a surprise for Portugal going out. Now, Uruguay before the tournament, the coach did say, we'll either win the tournament or we'll finish bottom of our group. Now, they were somewhere in between that. I can see what he was saying. He didn't quite know which team would turn up when they played. But when they played Portugal, obviously, the team did turn up. The team that was going to win the tournament turned up and beat Portugal, which, again, a huge shock. But Portugal missing a few key players. I mean, yeah, a few key players for sure. But, you know, the main one being Jordan Santos. And we'll go on to this in a minute. But you just saw the difference that he made at the EBSL, at the Euro Beach Soccer League. Uh, which Portugal went on to win, you know, on his return. Uh, obviously, without Coimbra as well, which makes a huge difference at the back. And just another team that just weren't really on form. They did have a very young squad, I know, but they didn't even make it out of the group stages. And that that quote from the Uruguay coach, I mean, we're either going to win it or we're going to finish last. I mean, the likelihood of either of those things happening is, is very, very small. What he was saying, basically, was he, he knows his team could be world beaters, which they proved, obviously, because they beat the world champions, or they have an absolute disaster on the day, and it, there's not that consistency there that he would like. And as ever, the end of a World Cup cycle does bring a few retirements, the most notable one being Lorenz Gomez, who's retired from the Spanish national team and from beach soccer. He scored 205 goals in 165 games for La Roja. One thing we should mention as well is... Just as we've come on air, actually, we found out today uh, that Brazil, Gilberto, the coach of Brazil, has now left his post with Brazil. And what a time he's had with that team because he took over when they weren't world champions. They were in the doldrums a little bit. He brought the world championship back to Brazil. He, of course, won the South American championship. But the one thing, I'm sure you've met him as well, Matt, but the one thing about him, he is such a nice guy and such a genuine guy. Yeah, he really, really is. And it's one thing that I've noticed as well at the World Cup. You know, there were a couple of occasions where obviously results didn't go his way. And a lot of people shy away from the cameras at that point, you know, but he's such a professional. He always knows what he wants to say. He always speaks so well to the press and, to, you know, he makes time for, for everyone. Just calm, collected. He's just such a leader. And like you say, a lovely, lovely fella too. Yeah, I remember when I was I met him, I think, in Jezolo when we did some qualifiers there. And obviously, you meet someone, you chat to them uh, for a few minutes or whatever it is. And then I went to the South American qualifiers and I was commentating at the back of the stand and he was sat in the stand watching another game. And he saw me and he came up to speak to me. You know, the, the type of thing normally I'm doing is going and pestering the coaches for a little bit of information. But he came and chatted to me, gave me information on the players and everything else like that. So a really genuine guy. And I'm sure he'll go on to great things within beach soccer because his services are going to be in so much demand. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, you can bet your bottom dollar it's not the last we've seen of Gilberto. And, uh, yeah, we looked forward to seeing what he turns his hand to next. Could it be the EBSL, which brings us nicely on to the EBSL, Super Final and a Promotion Final. Should we start with a Promotion Final, Matt? I really think we should. I think we, you know, credit where credit's due. I think we should start with the Promotion Final and with Estonia. Well done to those lads. They're fantastic. You know what I like best about Estonia? Go on. The font on the back of the kit. Have you seen that font? I haven't. I, w- I would say it's oh, one of the things Oh, it's an enjoyable like font, least... it's, an un- it's a slightly yeah. unusual font, and I think it really makes the shirt pop, and it is a great thing that we will now have that font in the A division of the Euro Beach Soccer League. Now, it's not normally a thing people talk about. They talk about the overhead kicks, maybe, or the number of goals a team will score, or their physicality. 
But for me, Estonia, the one thing that's always stood out with him, apart from being a good beach soccer team, obviously, is the font. I like it. Would you like some more font news quickly that also featured in the EBSL? Go on. Switzerland, for their shirts, okay, they yeah. used Helvetica, which is a Swiss font that was invented in Switzerland in the 1950s. It's its anniversary, so that's why the Swiss shirts had that font on it. And you know what's unusual about that font, Matt? Where do you get these flipping facts from? You know what's unusual? No, I don't know what's unusual. Go on, tell me. It's actually all lowercase. So it's the only time you'll see players' shirts with all lowercase letters on the back. I did actually notice that. It's it's a bit of annoying. It's it's quite annoying for someone who, who takes grammar quite seriously, you know, to see people's second names beginning with a lowercase letter. Quite stressful for me. You want a man who likes to write scripts. You write many great articles for Beach Soccer Worldwide. So I can see how you could be upset and discombobulated by a font or an unusual font. So so strictly for you, Matt, in the show notes, just use Times New Roman, okay? Thank you very much. <laughs> Estonia did really, really well to defeat Turkey. Turkey have been part of the Division A scene for since 2017 now. Ahead of the season, I probably wouldn't have, have predicted them as one of the ones who'll be fighting for, for relegation, but they lost to the better team, I have to say. They were really quite disappointing. They lost to Lithuania. Four, was it three or four nil in the first match? They didn't score against them. And so it didn't start well. But yeah, now they'll be playing uh, They'll be playing those teams next year as they're relegated to Division B. But I'm not surprised Estonia have gone up. There's been a, a really strong gradual build uh, from Estonian beach soccer over the last three or four years. They've, they're well supported by the FA there. They have a good backroom staff that's pretty consistent. So that gradual build and the support from the FA and the consistency in backroom staff and the size of the backroom staff has obviously made that difference. Yeah, and it's a similar story to Moldova, really. Good backing, good uh, good things going on in, in, the, in the country itself for beach soccer. And I think they were really close to making the promotion final as well. And it was Estonia who downed them in the end. And moving on to the first ever super final for the women. It was England against Russia in the final and probably not as close as many people imagined. Yeah, like I, I was really, really quite surprised at that. Like it was, I know Russia are a top, top team, but England beat them in the regular stage. And for for many people, they were the favourites to go on and win the, win the whole thing, especially when Spain got knocked out. All, all credit to Russia. They were just incredible in that final game. And in the men's final, after getting knocked out early doors in the World Cup, they came back really strong. Well done to Portugal. Yep, it's the return of Jordan Santos and what a part he played in their victory. He was just unstoppable. But when they're, when they're on form, you know, it made a big difference having fans back in the, back in the stadium, of course, they, and they won their third consecutive title. A lot of players had a lot of things to prove and obviously people like Jordan Santos, back from injury, he had a lot to prove personally. I suppose you could say the total opposite thing happened with Russia, who almost had absolutely nothing to prove, having won the World Cup. Definitely didn't perform as well as many people would think they would. Did you notice something different about Russia's kit in this tournament? No, absolutely nothing. Didn't? Did you not notice there's now three stars above the badge instead of two? Okay, yeah, yeah, I did notice that, yeah, yeah. See, That's it, one of the things I did notice. If it had been a change in fonts, you'd have been straight on it. And if you check out Bonish Nikonov's Instagram page, there's actually a fantastic video of him pointing and counting the stars above the badge. And I also found out from this video that the Russian word for three, do you know what it is? 
three, no, something similar to three. It's three, basically, yeah, with a Russian accent. Yeah. And in quickfire, other news, the first ever Croatian Beach Soccer League has been completed, Matt. Yep, congratulations to Fuzica. I think that's how you say it. I hope it is. I should ask my Croatian flatmate. I will do after the after we finish recording. Ask them before, please, next time. Go on. Yeah, you're totally right there. Anyway, big congratulations to them. It'd be great to see them on the international stage because they have a fantastic kit with the red and white checks on. Lovely font on the back as well, by the way. And the league is complete in Bulgaria. And we have a sixth-time winner, Matt. MFC Spartak, who actually finished eighth in the Euro Winners' Cup this year, which was a record for a Bulgarian club. They finished their sixth consecutive league with a win. That is incredible. I think that's 10 overall for them. So quite an achievement. So well done to Spartak. Do you know what Spartak means, by the way, in English? Uh, Spartan. No, Sports Union. But nice try. If I'd have put it in a different font, that question, Matt, you'd have got it right. And some good news coming out of a country that obviously has not had much good news to speak of recently. Afghanistan, their beach soccer league has continued. And well done to Sharifi Sport, who became the champions of the Kabul Beach Football League. And let's talk about the Monday Elite Order Clubs, which is in October in Moscow. Again, an indoor tournament. Previously, for the last two occasions, it's been at the Megasport Palace. This time, moving to the Seska Arena. Yeah, believe so, but this event is just a, a very, very special one in the calendar because, like you say, it's a beach soccer, which everyone associates with beaches in Brazil and tropical climes and whatnot, you know, planted into the middle of a Russian winter with a roof over it, and it's just great to see and always attracts a big crowd in Moscow. Yeah, huge crowd last time. I mean, the Megasport Palace had 7,000 people in it for the final and you're walking from your hotel to the stadium and there's you know, snow crunching under your feet. It's absolutely freezing. It's like minus 10. And then you get inside the stadium. It's super warm and a beach soccer's in front of you. Yeah, and that's what makes it such a special and unique event. So that should be just about it for this episode of Sand Talk. The beach. Whoa, 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 whoa. Not quite, Mark. Go on. I've prepared a little something for you. Inspired by your amazing game, Play Your Keeper's Height, which brought a smile to the faces of millions of happy listeners across the world. Can I just Don't explain this? It, again, people, you can go back to the last episode. Basically, we gave the name of a goalkeeper their height, and you had to guess when we mentioned the name of the next goalkeeper whether that player was higher, taller, or lower, shorter than the previous goalkeeper. So you've come up with something different, unique, original, but inspired totally by this. Totally different. Go on. I mean, I mean, vaguely inspired by your game, you know. This one is uh, it's called Play Your Stars Right, and it's kind of similar, but, you know, it's very different because it's with outfield players this ah. time, you know. So, I mean, well, you kind man, of you set me on the way to, I don't understand to coming up with you, this awesome game. I don't understand where you get these ideas from. It's, a, it's like you just pull them from absolutely nowhere. It's amazing the Thin level air. of creativity you've shown here. So, basically, yeah. I have Play Your Keeper's Height, which was goalkeepers, and you come up with play your stars right, which is the height of outfield players compared to each other. That's that's more or less exactly it. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. Mm-hmm. Okay, so are genius. You gonna, are you going to set me off? With, I'm I'm guessing on the rules here. They could be kind of similar. Stop me if I'm wrong. Kind of similar to play your keeper's height. So you're going to give me the name of a player and his height, and then the name of the next player, and I have to guess if he's higher, as in taller or lower. Shorter. Is it? Is that roughly the rules? Am I on the, in the right ballpark? It's almost as if you've played this game or a very similar one before. 
Wow, give me that first player down in his height. Okay. Hold on. Do you want the music first as well? Player. Or have you got your own theme tune? Oh, yes, please. Okay. Oh, well, no, uh, oh, no. Yeah, go on. We could use your music. You know? <laughs> I mean, the games have... It saves, you know, it saves a bit of... it makes sense a little so, bit. I'm, I'm gifting you the theme tune, okay? I'm gifting it to you. Here you go. Thank you. Right, my first player, please, and their height. Okay, first player is... Belarusian number 10 mm-hmm. giant of a man Ryabko mm-hmm. he measures in at 197 centimetres just scraping 2 metres there enormous man ok is he higher or lower than Switzerland's the golden boy Switzerland's Noel Ott oh well Noel Ott he's small skillful player glides across the sand he's got to be lower lower surely lower that's nah, lower, of course. It is well done. Too easy to start off with. Okay. I suppose you'll want to know how tall Noel Ott is. That'd be um, handy for the, the next round of the quiz. Yes, go on. Noel Ott is 177, according to the um, FIFA measurements, which I think might be a little bit generous. But mm-hmm. anyway, is he higher or lower than Spain's Cheeky? A Cheeky, I know, looks pretty tall on the sand, so I'm going to say... Cheeky's higher. Okay, so yes, well done. Cheeky is, of course, taller. Next one. If you're paying attention to the World Cup, you will have had your mind blown by the skills of Figo, who was leading the scoring for the whole tournament. He's from Mozambique. Is he higher or lower than Cheeky? I will go lower. Yeah, he's a lot lower. I was kind of banking on you not knowing him. (laughs) But you clearly do. He's a lot lower. He's 168. Okay, and the last one. Japanese player, bronze scorer at the FIFA Beach Soccer World Cup, Akaguma. Is he higher or lower than Figo? One six eight Figo, yeah. Lower. Oh, he's fallen at the last hurdle. He is uh, surprisingly tall. He's one eight six. Is Akaguma? I'm a bit upset on that. Should, should I play the theme tune out? Uh, yeah, at least it was the last one though. I didn't have any more after that. So well done. And just to make it worth your while sharing the love on social media about the podcast, we are giving away an official Puma beach soccer ball to one of our listeners who retweets the promo tweet for this podcast. So when we launch the podcast each month, as the tweet goes out promoting this podcast, we need you to retweet that. We'll pick one of our retweeters and you will get yourself a beach soccer ball hand-delivered by Matt anywhere in the world. Yeah, hopefully you live somewhere interesting. At least 50% of that prize is real, i.e. the beach soccer ball could be yours. All you've got to do is retweet the promotion tweet for the podcast and we will pick a winner from the retweets. And to get yourself set to win that ball, just search out beachsoccer underscore WW on Twitter. And if you live in Barcelona or the surrounding area, then the other 50% may also be true as well. That's just about it from Santor, the beach soccer podcast. We'll catch you next time for more beach soccer. And I think in the meantime, Matt, we should launch our own other podcast called Font Talk. Font Talk, the beach soccer podcast, brought to you by Times New Roman. (laughs) I was thinking more Comic Sans myself. Anyway, we'll catch you next time. See ya. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.